When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is Lyle Blackburn, and you're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Brian and Todd. I remember having, like, that feeling of being watched, I guess, that uh, the best way to describe it. Like, I just knew something was watching, and I was like, okay, maybe it's wildlife. All of a sudden, I heard movement on the other side through the uh, raspberry bushes that I could see something very, very tall. And then it moved, but it took off running. You know the sound of heavy footprints? That's what I heard. This is the Cryptic Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me as always is my co-host Todd. What's up, buddy? Hey, Brian, and hello, listeners. Brian, we got a good show tonight. We got a couple things with our guest happening, uh, Bigfoot encounter and some paranormal stuff going on. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, we got Lisa coming on tonight talking about her encounter and, and crazy stuff going on in her life, so let's not waste any more mm-hmm. time. Let's bring her on. Right on. Let's get her. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? We're doing good. Great. Thanks for coming on and talking to us today. Mm-hmm. Good to have you. Well, you had a, a Bigfoot encounter, and you also said you had some paranormal stuff going on, right? Yes. And that's there in Washington State? Yes. Okay. So why don't you uh, get into it and tell us about, let's start with the Bigfoot encounter. And tell us what was going on and what happened. Okay. So um, in 2000. 10 I believe it was it was late summer um you know when the recession happened in uh 2008 I believe it was so you know me and my parents decided you know hey let's just you know because of the way how how expensive it is here in Washington sometimes it can be expensive anyway well we decided to like you know combine our resources and move in together so my mother always wanted to live out in the country and have horses. So my dad was like, okay, well, let's, let's rent a house for now, build our credit back up, and then we'll buy a house, you know, so, um, so on and so forth. And uh, so 
we found a house. It was like on 10 acres um, at the time. Um, it was like a gated community, but like everybody had uh, 10 to 20 acres to themselves. And it was in the city of Roy. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, they were connect the main highway that was close, even close by us. Um, you know, don't blink. Otherwise you go through the town of McKenna. When we first got there, we moved in, we got settled. Um, my dad and I decided to walk the property. Um, at the time I had my concealed weapons and I decided to carry my pistol, you know, with me just in case, because, you know, I've gone camping before. Um, and I'm, I I've camped up in the foothills of Mount Rainier all the time. And I was just like, well, you know, just to be safe, just in case we run into anything. So we walked, I believe it was east of the property. And then we came to the tree line where it came to a clearing on the other side. So we knew that the trees were the property line. So we started walking down the, pro the tree line. Um, I would believe it'd be south of the property. And then we hit another road. It, well, it's not like a road. It was like a dirt road. Um, so we started walking through there. My dad was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and cut through these woods and head north back to the property. And I said, okay, I'll be fine. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd already had been, we'd had like this eerie feeling. That's why my dad was kind of like, hey, you know, are you sure you're going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. I got my pistol with me. I'll be fine. <laughs> you know? So I decided to walk the property or continue. And I had my camera on me. I was snapping pictures of the wildlife because it was fun. It was new because I would, you know, I was in the city most of the time and now I'm living out in the country. I was like, oh, this is fun. But anyways, I started continuing and I came across a bird that looked interesting to me and I went to snap a picture, but I guess the best way to describe it is like, there was like two trees that kind of went like this, um, like in a V formation. And there was like, um, what are those called? Raspberry bushes. Like they're really thick. They can get really thick. And like, you can't see on the other side sometimes if, um, if there was something there. Well, I had stopped right in front of the ra uh, raspberry bush, taking a picture of something up in the trees. And I, I remember having like that feeling of being watched, I guess that uh, the best way to describe it. Like I just knew something was watching. I was like, okay, maybe it's wildlife, you know, it, whatever. I just chalked it off as it's not a big deal. So I snapped a picture and then all of a sudden I heard movement on the other side, but through the uh, raspberry bushes that I could see something very, very tall. Um, my dad's six foot, I'm five, four. And now I'm looking up like up to see movement. And I mean, I saw like a pitch, like, um, like it looked like there was a head there and I saw the sun was shining through the canopy and I saw a uh, glistening of like two eyes. So I know that the eyes were in the front, but that's all I saw. And then, um, like a rusty, I would say it was like a rusty color fur and I didn't know anything in the wildlife that we had here that had that color. And then 
it moved, but it took off running. Like it, it didn't sound like, like animals running. You know how, you know, the sound of heavy footprints running. That's what I heard. And I, I stopped for a minute and I remember feeling like a compression. Um, now I, I've been, I, I was in the military and I've had a grenade go off like in the distance, you know, when I was in basic training, they all have you experience, you know, grenades going off and the compression that hits you, it hits you in the chest kind of felt like that, but not as intense. And that's what I felt. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And I, I was frozen for a hot minute. I didn't even know what was going on. I, I was confused. I was trying to rationalize. Um, I just, I remember being frozen. Um, then I remember hearing a, I think it was probably about 30 seconds later after I'm sitting there trying to rationalize what was going on. I heard a low rumble. I can't even describe what kind of sound I heard. It was like a, it's like a growl, but it, it was a rumbling in like a low rumble sound. So I thought something growled at me. So I pulled my pistol. I oriented myself on which way the house was, where people might be, and I fired off a shot just to scare it away. And I didn't hear anything else because the back of the hair on the back of my neck stood up and like I I don't know, it was just really creepy. And it stuck with me ever since, and I've been trying to rationalize it ever since, trying to figure out what it could have possibly be. I mean, at first I thought I started thinking it was an elk because elk's in the area. I started thinking it was a bear. Maybe it climbed a tree on the other side. But when I, my father and I went back, there was no tree on the other side. It was like a little bit of a clearing on the other side of those raspberry bushes. Um, I know my dad ended up finding me after he heard the shot and he came running. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, I told him what happened. And we're both trying to rationalize what happened. And it, yeah, it was pretty intense. <laughs> so, but I guess after a while, I mean, I've always heard the stories from my family. Um, my dad grew up in the Eatonville area and he's, it was before it started to get more developed than it is now. Uh, my dad and my dad's younger sister, I've grew up listening to stories about Bigfoot. So, I mean, I had a feeling that they were there, you know, they might be, it's possible. Um, but I never discredit it. Like, you know, I may not have seen it, but I don't know if other people have. So I never, you know, judged anybody else with it until I had my own experience. But I'm trying to rationalize everything. And then, uh, yeah, and then I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't come up with an excuse for it. I really couldn't. I did research. I couldn't figure it out. So that was like my last resort. It was like maybe it was a Bigfoot. It probably was. You said you saw a pair of eyes looking at you, Lisa? Yeah. Um, you know how... It, see, I I wouldn't say it had color to the eyes. It was just more like, you know, um, it, it was like two black eyes, you know, and it just kind of glistened. That's how I noticed it, because it glistened in the sun for a, like a split second. And then it just was gone. So it's like, that's why I started thinking was like, I mean, was it a person? I doubt that. Um, no other animal that I know has eyes towards the front and so close together. I mean, I wouldn't say close together, but, or that tall. That was, that was really tall. 
like I'm used to looking up at my dad. I'm I'm the runt, you know. And I'm looking up at my dad who's six foot, my dad's brother's six foot five, and I'm like, Oy, you know. So I mean, I knew the height difference, and I'm like, that's not normal. Right. How close do you think you were to this thing? I would probably say about anywhere from six to seven feet. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, That's why when it took off running, like I said, like it felt like I felt the sheer power of this thing when it took off. Um, I thought, well, I thought it took off at first. So like, I felt like I startled it <laughs> or it was watching me. And then it was like, oh no, right? You she's got, snapping pictures. I don't know. You got too close to it or something. Mm-hmm. It could be. Yep. You probably got hit with infrasound. Have you ever heard of infrasound with these things? With the big well, I've heard you guys talk about it on your show a few times. Um, I've been to a Bigfoot convention um, earlier this year, and they talked about it there, where you can, um, like, it makes you feel certain ways. Yeah, some people it makes them feel sick and and uh, or disoriented. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't feel sick or disoriented myself. I just, like I said, it was oof. It was intense. <laughs> you said you were kind of, were you kind of paralyzed or frozen for a minute? Yeah. So that's kind of part of it, well, too. It does that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of paralyzes people so, you know, you can't chase after these things or do certain things or move or whatever, I'm guessing. I don't know. That's true. No, I was just saying, growing up, you said you, you did believe in Bigfoot? You had you'd heard about Bigfoot before? Yes. Um, my dad has told me a, a couple of incidents he had when he was a kid. And that was in the 70s, maybe early, late 60s. Um, and then um, my dad's younger sister, she had an incident, but she didn't really see it. I mean, we just, they were just story, family stories that we told. And I mean, my dad was always a believer. Um after his incident, but his incident was a little bit more intense than mine. Um, he was coming back from football practice once. He said that their his buddy didn't want to drive down their almost mile long driveway because I, I mean, most country kids they have they live out in BFE, so it's like you know. Right. It was like, hey, after football practice, he dropped my dad off, and my dad was like, it's pitch black. There's no really light except for the moon so he was telling me that he was walking down the the driveway using the moonlight for you know to see the dirt road that led to their property and um they had 80 acres i mean they had cows you know um i think it was just cows i think that's what my grandfather and him they raised well anyways they were going down he was walking down the driveway and he had this eerie feeling like he was being stalked, like watched. Um, he said he just kept going. So he picked up his pace a little faster, you know. And then he he heard some rustling noise to his right. And he said he remembers looking over there, not seeing anything at first. So he's just like, okay, whatever. It's just my imagination. I'm, you know, by myself. My mind's, you know, playing tricks on me. So he started walking faster, walking faster. Um, by this point, he said he was about the quarter of the way down the driveway when he heard um, another noise, like rustling in the bushes next to him. Now, he said it was probably about 
20 feet, 20 feet into the um, tree line from where the driveway was. Um, and he said he saw these like glowing reddish eyes and it was too tall to be the normal animal they would encounter. Cause we have cougar, we have black bear, you know, there's elk, deer, so on and so forth. But he's like, it wasn't normal. Um, and all he remembers was he saw that and he was like, nope, the fight or flight situation came in and he took off running like a shot. And he said that was the last time he ever saw anything like that, but it freaked him out. I mean, him and his buddies also had another incident where they heard some yelping noises, I guess, when they were out by Alder Lake. It was nothing that they've ever heard because one of his buddies was an avid hunter. And he's like, dude, I don't I don't recognize that sound. That's not normal. And so there was, like I said, there was just stories that I was brought up on. That's how I was like, yeah, I kind of believe it. But, you know, I haven't seen it myself. So it was like hard for me to say, yeah, it's true. What county did this happen in? Um, Pierce County. I was on the... It's kind of like on the border of Pierce County and Thurston County. There's just a lot of um, encounters and, and sightings and, and reports that go on in Washington, period. I mean, you guys yes. are in the mecca of, of the Bigfoot, Bigfoot <laughs> yes. world. Um, so, you know, I'm not yeah, surprised. You're right. That, you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. Not surprised that you haven't had more encounters or know of, of some more people that have seen these things, especially growing up there, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I took a couple hikes. I did some major hikes up into the foothills of Mount Rainier, which is just um, east of me. I mean, it's a big mammoth of a mountain, and it's beautiful. I mean, this place is known for its beautiful sights if you're willing to hike to it. Um, I was 16 the first time I ever heard a cougar because uh, we went up to hike up the mountain. I was camping. It was late at night, but I didn't think cougars made noises at night. But it was a loud scream. And I startled, and my boyfriend at the time was like, what's wrong? And I was like, what the hell was that? Sounded like something screamed across the lake. <laughs> now, we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we hiked up a couple thousand feet. So I'm like, what's going on? And uh, he was like, no, that was a cougar. We're good. Uh, oh, okay, just a cougar. All right. It's okay. No big deal. Yeah, Mount Rainier, Mount Hood, uh, Mount St. Helens, all famous mm -hmm. for a lot of Bigfoot sightings. Uh, I think these things tend to like to elevate themselves up a little bit, kind of have an advantage, and, and they live up there higher higher in the in the range there. Uh, probably in the wintertime they come down a little bit, I'm guessing, but, you know, that's just yeah. my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, you definitely got a lot of uh, activity going on in Washington, period. You'd said you'd had some paranormal stuff happen to you as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's hear that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, okay, so um, when I was a kid, my I don't personally remember this. My mother was always telling me that I always had an imaginary friend. And I guess in the early 80s, it wasn't like that big of a deal. You know, they were like, oh, it's just her imagination. She'll be fine, you know. Um, so I've had supposed paranormal activity around me for a while. I haven't had anything recently. I mean, but so there, there was an incident where I was younger and I was watching, um, cartoons. My mother said that 
uh, her foster mom was watching me when I was little and I had a chair next to me and I was having a full blown conversation with whoever this was. I don't, I personally don't remember this. So uh, my grandmother came over or my foster, my mother's foster mom, my grandma came over, went to sit down and I freaked out, started crying, throwing a fit. She's like, what's wrong? Did I do something wrong? And I said, you sat on my friend. <laughs> and she goes, oh, tell your friend I'm sorry. And I said, no, he left. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that. Um, um, then I had um, some incidences. I think I was in second grade. It was between 89 to 91. My dad was in the Marine Corps. We were stationed in Japan. And we lived, they gave my parents a choice. You know, do you want to live a year and a half off post and the rest of the years you're stationed here on post? Like, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, well, we'll live off post first. So there's a couple of interesting stories that have come from there um, when we were stationed there. I barely remember it. Um, <laughs> it's just mainly stories of what my mom's told me of what had happened. Uh, there was an incident where, uh, we were living in the, in an old townhouse out in um, out in the civilian sector. Um, my mom and my dad had invited uh, some friends from work, and they came over. They were playing cards, and it was uh, I guess a hurricane or something was coming in. So they were like, "Hey, we'll just bunk down here. We'll be okay." Um, upstairs, connected to my brother and I's room, there was another room that had sliders. Slight like um, slider doors, but the, the room itself had no walls. But it was just all windows. So we used it for a toy room. Uh, well, my parents used it for a toy room for me and my brother. And uh, so they were downstairs playing cards. Me, my brother, and their kid were passed out on the floor um, in the living room. Well, I guess that would be the living room. And um, so they uh, they heard some noise, a commotion in that room now that room is directly above the dining room where they were playing cards and they said that it sounded like they were hearing rustling so my mom's like well shit maybe you know something blew into the one of the windows broke the windows and we're hearing noises so my dad goes upstairs he checks it out nothing he's looking around like what <laughs> so he goes back downstairs they start playing cards my mom said about probably about 30 minutes to an hour later um they hear a bunch of wrestling around, like people are throwing toys around upstairs or throwing stuff around. And then they're stopping, they're listening, and then it stops. And then they hear a single toy drop in the middle of the floor. So that now all of them are very curious. So they all run upstairs and they look and nothing's being thrown around like what they were hearing, but except for a single toy in the middle of the floor. And my mom was like, okay, that's, that's not right. <laughs> So she just shut the shutters and was like, yeah, we're just going to sleep downstairs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. There was other things, but I guess my dad kind of chalked it up as, oh, you know, his mind rationalizing everything. There could have been more. Um, but my biggest experience happened when I bought my childhood home where I was growing up in southern end of Tacoma. Um so I bought the house in 2006. So I only had the house for a couple of years. Um, so my husband and my two eldest children lived with us or, you know, we, 
that's who was born anyway, because I keep track of life events through my children. It's so horrible. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I think um, we all do that. I, well, I got four of them, so it's like easier to keep track that way. <laughs> um, we had, I would think, as a poltergeist, and I'm trying to put into order the order of events. Because first, I mean, we started having ca uh, cabinet doors opening and shutting um, in the kitchen. Um, late at night, my husband and I will wake up and we hear stuff in the house. We'll get up, investigate. Everything's locked up, but all the cupboard doors in the kitchen would be wide open. And we were just like, okay, well, maybe it's the house, you know, had shifted. It's a little uneat, you know, not centered. I don't know. It was an old house. Um, so that kept going on. There'd be times when we'll be in the kitchen, we'll go for something in the lower cabinets, and then the cabinet door will open by itself, and you'll hit your head on it. And it happened a lot. So we got into the habit of always looking up before we stood up. Um, and my husband, I woke up one morning to him drilling in the kitchen. And he took all the cabinet doors off. He's like, I ain't dealing with it no more. I was like, no, my husband's Catholic. That's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's a, he's a big believer in spirits. And it, it, that's what he was leaning towards was he was feeling like there was something else there, but he was like, you know what? You're not scaring me out of my house. So he just took the cabinet doors off and people would always ask us, why did you take the cabinet doors off? Look, it's a long story. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, now, the whole time that a lot of our experiences were happening at this, this house, my husband was, I didn't know this until later, that we were both seeing the same type of apparition out of the corner of our eye. Like, um, like something would walk past real quick and we'd barely catch it, you know, out of the corner of your eye. And we kept seeing the same thing, but we didn't know about it until later on after most of the incidences have had been happening. But during all of these um, incidences, you know, that's what we were seeing. But I thought I was just seeing stuff. He thought he was like, mm, did I really see that? Was it a shadow? Was it, you know, he would try to rationalize it more than me. And I'm just like, mm, I'm just going to ignore it. But then... <sighs> We had a good friend of ours. Um, my husband, he was prior service, and he, him and a buddy of his have been best friend for years. And him and his wife decided to, you know, come visit us. They were from eastern Washington. And they decided to, you know, drive out, stay the night. So I set up a, you know, a bed in the dining room, let them um, crash at our house, you know, because they were there to visit for the weekend. Um, she gets up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. I forget. I don't remember what time she said it was, but if you come out of the dining room and go down the living room, you can see down the hallway straight to the end of the, where the bedrooms are. And she says she saw a ghostly figure, like I'm not, not necessarily ghostly figure, but like a dark figure at the end of the hallway. And she was like, you know, she called out my husband's name. She was like, Hey, is that you? And it didn't respond. It didn't even move. It just stood there. So she started looking around, waving her arms, thinking maybe it was a shadow reflection from the windows, from the street lights, from the front of the house. You know, she was trying to rationalize it. So she didn't think nothing more of it, but she was feeling uneasy. So she went to the bathroom, comes out, and the figure was gone. 
but by this point she was she was so unnerved it was intense like she ran back to her husband woke him up he got up started walking through the house made sure everything was locked up checked on my two kids went into my room woke my husband up my husband and him got up looked around there was nothing she said that's it she goes you know lisa i love you but i'm never staying at your house again i said i'm sorry <laughs> so she never did she never stayed the night at our house again um then there was an incident <laughs> this one's a little bit more it was more scary for myself than anything um my husband was sitting on the couch with my eldest son who was probably about five and i was holding my daughter and she was about three and we Sometimes we like to sit down and we'll just watch nothing but Disney Disney movies. And now I was on a gliding rocker just sitting there. We had been sitting there probably for about an hour watching, you know, cartoons with the kids. Um, I ended up feeling a sharp pain in the underneath my right arm. And I was like, what? So I shifted my daughter from one side to the other. And I'm looking and speak this big red. I would say it, it looked like a fist kind of shape um under my arm and i i didn't i didn't understand what it was so i i chalked it up it hurt i was just like okay whatever i'm gonna ignore that that's weird i didn't do anything to it you know i hadn't um done any house cleaning or anything like that so well it ended up turning like really badly purple like like i was it it like something hit me so i ended up going to the doc because i i talked to my family members i'm like hey does this look normal did a did a vein pop in my arm or something? And they're like, what is this? And they're like, hey, did you get bit by something? Um, sometimes spiders will leave bruises. And I'm like, that's too big of a bruise to be leaving. So I went to the doctor. Um, the first nurse was like, she looked at it. And she's like, you know, it's okay to tell us if your husband's abusing you. And I looked at her like, excuse me? I just told you what happened. And she's like, she, she just ignored me for a minute, walked out. Another nurse comes in and they're talking. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm in the room. Why are you guys talking like that? Is it something serious? Now y'all are freaking me out. What's going on with my body, you know? So the, the second nurse comes up and she goes, ma'am, we have special things in place to protect you and your children. And I'm really confused at this point. I'm like, wait a minute. I told you guys why I'm here. Why are you what? This doesn't make sense to me now. Um, and they, they got frustrated with me because I was like, no, my husband's not abusing me. Why would you? No. Like, I was really like, why would you think that? And then my doctor finally comes in probably about 15 minutes later. She's sitting down. She's looking at it. I hear her talk to herself like, oh, I don't see any bite marks, no sting marks. And then finally she stops, she writes some notes, she looks at me and she goes, you know, it's okay to tell us, I mean it. I've known you for years, Lisa. You know, if your husband's abusing you, we can, you know, we could put him in jail. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> look, I can't, I'm telling you the truth. And she's like, well, it just sounds too much of a story to believe that. And I'm like, I finally got so frustrated. I just looked at her and I called her by her first name. I'm, like, cause I knew her for a long time and I didn't call her by her last name. I said, look, Donna, look, <laughs> this is what happened. And I'm sorry, but if my husband abused me, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be sitting in a jail cell. Okay. I don't deal with that. <laughs> and she just, 
she got angry, she got frustrated, and she was like, fine. When you're ready to tell us the truth, come back. I was like, I am telling you the truth. I was, it was very infuriating. Because yeah. it, it, it's like, I didn't think I was telling the truth. And my I told my husband about it, he's like, well, do I got to worry about them calling the cops? I mean, I was like, no, I, I don't understand. So there was that incident. We couldn't figure it out. Um, I've had another incident where, I don't know if you've ever scratched yourself really bad and had a hot water go across it. I was taking a shower and I felt a pain on my back. And I was like, you know, I called my husband in. And he looked and he's like, he saw scratches down my back. And he's like, Lisa, were you itching your back? And I'm like, in the middle of my back, really? I can't even reach that far. <laughs> I mean, no. I was like, why? What do you, what, what, like, I, did I scrape it on something when I got in the shower? You know, because I'm klutzy. Sometimes it happens. But no, it was, I guess, three marks going down my middle of my back. So I ended up calling a friend of mine over who was like a spiritualist. Um, she did some stuff. I tried some smudging of the house just in case it was like negative energy vibe. So we tried that and I haven't had any more. At the time, I didn't have any more attacks like that. But then it, it was just mainly like little things that was not harmful to me or my kids. But it was more just like, what the hell did I just witness? So my kids come running out of the bedroom and they're like, mom, mom. I was like, what? And he, uh, my son was like, Zoe's fan is going crazy. I said, well, what do you mean it's going crazy? Now I'm thinking, okay, maybe it was a power surge. Maybe it was, you know, something to make it do this. I walk into the room and the ceiling fan was going nuts, like just spinning out of control. Like, uh, you know how there's different, there's three settings to a ceiling fan? Well, this one was just going intense. So I, I remember flipping the switch on, which in my mind, that's what gives the light power. And I remember switching it on, but then it looked like it was slowing down. Like all of a sudden just stopped. And I'm like, okay, I know that up at the fan on the light itself, you can click it to where it turns on, but I had it off. Um, I walked up, I put my hand up, I stopped the ceiling fan because at this point it was going slower than it was. So I clicked it on at its high speed and it started doing the normal high speed. I clicked it down, it slowed down to a medium speed, I clicked it down. So it was doing its normal thing, but it, I was like, okay, that's not right. So I clicked it off and then I go to the light switch and I'm playing with the light switch a little bit. It, like I was trying to rationalize what I was seeing and it was intense. I was like, okay, well, you know what? Let's go outside and play kids. <laughs> So I threw the kids outside. Um, my kids started seeing said thing in the house. Now, this is where my husband and I had been seeing the same thing comes into play. The kids had come to me and said that they they were playing with another little girl, and I guess she was claiming to be their cousin. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe they have, you know, I... I know kids are young and impressionable. I mean, like they're so innocent, you know, um, but th some of the things that they were telling me for such a young person, I was like, it really kind of scared me for a second. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said that uh, my eldest son, who was more verbal than my daughter was telling me that there was a blonde haired little girl how, how he explained it was she has hair like me. We both have blonde hair. And I'm like, okay. 
Now I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh crap, that's kind of like the same thing I've been seeing. So I didn't say anything to my husband about it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to freak him out. I wasn't sure what to do, but they were saying that they played with this little girl that she was, she lives in the attic. And now we only ha we didn't have an attic. We have a crawl space. That's why it didn't make sense to me. Um, and I was like, okay. And then um, my son said that she was wearing a certain type of dress. So I brought up different designs and it was more of like, you know, the little house on the prairie type dresses. I, I don't remember what year that would be, but he was like, yeah, it looks like that, but dirtier mom. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's okay. I didn't know this area was developed at that time, but you know, who knows? I could be wrong. I know that um, downtown Tacoma area was more developed because the area that we were living out from what I've heard, it was more like a apple orchard from what I heard, but that was a long time ago. I didn't, I didn't really do much research on the property area. Um, but, uh, so the kids were saying that, um, there was an incident where my husband and I were on the back porch and this is where him and I found out we were seeing the same thing. Um, we were coming through the back door. Now you could see straight into the living room, but it was like a doorway. Um, now I went to open up the door and as I glanced up, I saw like something like, well, I knew what it was. A little girl walked by with little ringlets. It's what it looked like to me real quick, real glance, real quick glance. Um, and she just walked by and I, was, I stood there and just stopped for a minute. My husband stopped too, cause he was coming in after me, but he stopped too. And I think it was about 15 to 20 seconds. And then I looked at him, he looks at me and we're in utter silence looking at each other. And finally he broke the silence. He goes, did you see that little girl? And then I said with blonde hair and he goes, yeah, with an olden style period dress. I was like, oh my goodness, we're seeing the same thing. So I would be looking into that some more. I, I thought about it, but um, I think it was not much later. We ended up moving out of that house because my husband ended up losing his job um, during the recession. So we ended up having to um, uh, sell our house. And then my parents decided, you know what, we'll sell our house and we'll just combine and then move out to the country. So that's kind of how that went. Did anything happen after you guys moved out of that house? Did you did you experience any more interactions? Um, there was there was some things, I guess, but I can't really say because some of the stuff can be explained, some of it can't. I mean, it's little things. Nothing as intense as it was at the house in Tacoma. No. I gotta say, I I love a good Bigfoot story, but those stories you were telling there kind of gave me goosebumps. Pretty good. I, uh, I love paranormal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I my my family have all they all experienced it one way or another. Um, my sister and her husband had lived with us for a few months. She experienced it. I mean, she was hearing giggles and weird noises throughout the house, and she'd be there by herself. I'd be out with the kids with an appointment, grocery shopping, whatever. My husband at work, her hu ex husband at work, and she'd be there by herself. And she's like, "Lisa, this is what I heard." And I'm like, "Oh." Well, you know, maybe I should tell you. <laughs> yeah. <My house> is <laughs> yeah. I mean, my parents even had an experience and they weren't even in the house. They were on the outside of the house um, looking in. 
Uh, my husband wow. and I decided his family lives in California. Um, so we decided to take a family trip with the kids down to go visit his mother, his family and everything. Now, my parents, they lived across the street, but down one house. So they had a good angle to our property of where we lived. Um, my dad would always go over there, check it, you know, uh, turn lights on at night. So that way it looked like someone was home and then he'd leave because they parked one of their cars in our driveway. Um, well, they were outside. They were having a cigarette, you know, right before they went to bed. It was kind of late, my mom said. And my mom and my dad looked over because one of the windows, it was an up high window, but um, the, the curtain didn't work right and I hadn't fixed it yet. Um, but they could have swore they saw, they both saw it, that somebody walked by my window. Like there was someone in the house and they didn't see if he was white, black. They just knew that it was, you know, a, a figurehead walked by the window. So my dad was like, oh shit. So he grabs his gun, you know, and he's like, I don't want to deal with this, <laughs> but he did, you know, he goes over there. Um, and he announces himself. He's like, if you're in this house, you better, you know, get the out. And, you know, he was being intimidating. My dad can be very intimidating. <laughs> um, so he's starts, you know, walking through the house and it was easy to clear the house if um, you knew the layout. Um, so he, that's what he did. He cleared it, but he went to my daughter's room. Now she had this like weird, my little pony baby thing. Now, my dad doesn't know if it was the ghost. He already knows that the house is haunted, but everything was locked up. And um, he turned the light on, looked around, didn't see nothing, went to turn the light off. And the damn thing decided to go. It, it giggled and said, play with me. And my dad almost shot nope, it. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> he was... I mean, the way my dad tells it, it's pretty funny, but we look back on it going, damn, dad, I'm glad you didn't put a hole in my floor. Oh, <laughs> you know? Man. It's... Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, it's one thing when, when an adult talks about having a ghost encounter or seeing something, but when children talk about it, I really pay attention because children yeah, are innocent. Yeah, pay attention to that. You know, they're yeah. not technic technically at a younger age, they're not going to make up something like that. So if they see something... They're probably telling the truth. Yeah. Children my, and animals. my children weren't, at the time, they weren't known for being liars. In fact, my son was a tattletale for his little sister. So, <laughs> I mean, so it's, when they were talking to me, it, it really kind of got to me. I was like, okay. So I made sure to pay attention, like when I gave them baths or my husband, you know, because my eldest son, you know, he was five. So he was like, he was getting to that point. He's like, mommy. I need daddy to help me in the shower. I was like, oh, my bad. Sorry. So, you know, I tell my husband, I was like, hey, if he's got any marks, let me know. Any new bruises, you know, I want to pay attention because not only can they mentally or physically get hurt, I'm just, I don't want nothing to happen to my kids and I will sell this house. I'm not playing. I mean, it's one thing that we're dealing with it and we understand what's going on, but they were happy. They just lived their little lives doing what they do. So that's as long as that was happening and none of them were getting hurt. I was like, look, I'll deal with it. I mean, we weren't in the position to really move at the time anyway. So that was another reason why we stayed. It's one thing to, you know, have entities around your house doing things, mm -hmm. slamming doors, whatever, but to get physically hurt or touched by these things. And I've heard of that before. 
um, mm-hmm. yeah. where people are, are, are wake up and have scratches or bruises or, or feel pain induced by something that just wasn't didn't seem to be there. Um, do you think this thing was the same one that was hanging around you as a kid? Well, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, um, I never had any pain growing up. Any marks? My mom never talked about anything like that. It was more like um, just they were just there, and I would, or I'll say something that was off to my mom, but she would pay attention. Um, she sometimes tried to rationalize some of the things she saw and experienced that would happen around me, um, th- or she would just. Well, I don't know what to do about it. I mean, this is new for me. Me and my brother weren't getting hurt. That's all she cared about. Because, I mean, my brother and I shared a room up until we were a certain age. And then, you know, of course, we had to split and have different rooms. But I don't know. I mean, when I was 18, I ended up getting uh, an eptopic pregnancy. Now, they said that they had terminated it. But so I, I went along about my daily life and you know sad i had to lose the baby because it was growing in the tube so i had to you know just deal with it um but like two weeks later i felt a a i guess the best way to describe it was a abdominal pain like it felt like gas pain to me um but other people it was i guess it'd be more intense um because apparently come to find out i was bleeding internally all day and i just thought it was gas pain apparently my lungs seed seized is what I was told. Um, and I, I passed away for a little under a minute and I came back or they were able to revive me or whatever. I don't know. I got really lucky. Mm. Um, my mom and everybody keeps asking me, Oh, did you see anything? You know, sometimes people see stuff when you pass away and you come back. I was like, no, felt like I just took a nap. I'm good. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know. I've had a lot of weird things that happened. I mean, my mother's had feelings like, um, I think it'd be like the year 84, 85. My mom had me, but she wasn't married to my dad. My dad was stationed in California and her family was in Iowa. She went back to Iowa to visit her family. And she was supposed to take the train from Iowa to California to where my dad was stationed in, um, Camp Pendleton, um, just right outside San Diego, uh, Southern California. Um, but something kept telling her, no, stay home and do your laundry. My mom was like, she was telling my dad, she goes, hey, you know, um, I'm going to stay here. I'll catch the next, next train. And my dad was like, no, just do your laundry here. It's not a big deal. Just come on. I can't wait to see you guys. And my mom was like, no, I'll just take the next train. It's fine. Well, luckily... She took the next train because I guess one of her family members woke her up and was like, oh, my God, Elizabeth, you know, your train derailed. She goes, what? And sure enough, apparently the in the area that my mom and I were supposed to be in, it derailed and people died in that train. I guess there was ice on the tracks from the story that my mom told me. And I was like, oh, well, I guess we got a guardian angel. I don't know. (laughs) We've had weird things throughout our lifetime, but. We just kind of dealt with it. That's just wow. crazy. Uh, do you think, I, I'm sorry to hear that happened to you when you were 18. Um, is there any way possible you think that that could have anything to do with later on in life, dealing with entities and stuff like that? Well, there was a lady that was saying that um, she's, she thinks that, I, I don't, 
I don't know if she was really good at her job, but she mentioned that um, I had had, like I attract spirits or something. And when I passed away and came back, you know, it might've amplified the effect. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense, the timelines, but honestly, I couldn't really tell you. I'm not, I'm not that experienced with, I guess, the supernatural and stuff like that. So, I mean, I mean, if anybody can tell me, that'd be fantastic. I don't know. Well, our theory is that, um, and we've been noticing this as we've been doing these interviews that most of the people that have had, that have been close to death near-death experiences, well, in your case, you were dead, <laughs> yeah. uh, seem to be more sensitive to the spiritual mm-hmm. realm. You know what I mean? The other side. Yeah. So, I yeah, that could, could very well be the case. Yeah, my family have this in inside joke. My daughter calls me a zombie because <laughs> 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 I died and came back. <laughs> well, yeah, that's technically the term. <laughs> <laughs> We look if we can't. It, my family's always tried to use laughter to get past anything that was harsh. So it's like that's all we did is like when we experienced things we couldn't understand or it made us uncomfortable, we just smiled and cracked jokes about it. Yeah, yeah, you'd almost have to with everything that you've dealt with. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of really interesting um, things going on, and if you're still having those things, maybe you could get a hold of somebody. Or you still dealing with anything weird like that these days? Well, there's a couple of things that have popped up here at our current house, um, but not enough to make me feel like, okay, I want to call somebody in to find out what is going on. Is this a new thing? Is it someone who's following? You know, but I probably should probably keep an eye on that. If something starts to escalate, then I mean, we've had some things where, okay, I. I don't know. It was really weird. Um, I guess I've heard on your podcast, you guys talked about skinwalkers and they can mm-hmm. imitate the voice of another person. Now, usually yep. I guess my understanding, a skinwalker would um, only take the voice of another person as if they killed them. Or is that true? I don't know. Uh, Wendigo <laughs> does that too. So, Okay, okay. Well, I don't even know of those two things even being in this area, but it was pretty scary for my mom and my daughter, my eldest daughter. Um, She's about 17 now. Um, I was gone to work because I was still in the military at the time. My dad was gone. My husband was gone. Like, everybody was gone except for my mom and my eldest daughter, Zoe. Uh, So they they were doing some stuff in the house. Now, we have a finished basement, so that's where my room is. Um, my parents have the master bedroom on the main floor, and my two children are up on the third floor. Now, my mom was in her room, and then she went on her back patio to, I guess, have a cigarette or whatever she was doing. And my daughter was in the kitchen. My mom, she knew my window was open to the basement, and she can hear anything that's going on in the basement from her back porch. Now, they heard what sounded like me yelling at somebody. Now I wasn't there. They thought I was, but they heard me. Like it sounded like I was yelling at someone and my mom's sitting there. She goes, I remember shaking my head. And she goes, I was talking to your brother through FaceTime. And he goes, is that Lisa? And mom was like, yeah, it sounds like she's yelling at somebody. She must be on the phone. 
And I was like, okay. So they're telling me this after I'd gotten home. But um, then my daughter, she didn't hear the yelling, but she was in the kitchen. So she, that's why she was like, I didn't hear the yelling. I just heard mom yell, hey, Zoe, come here. So Zoe comes down the stairs. She comes into my room. She's looking around. She's like, mom, mom. And she couldn't find me. I was nowhere to be found. She So she started to freak out a little bit because she said she heard me. It was like loud. Like I went to the basement stairs and yelled up to the, um, <laughs> up to the upper house. And my mom said she even heard me yell Zoe's name or my eldest daughter's name, you know, and I was like, no, I was gone. <laughs> I don't know what you guys heard. <laughs> but I mean, nothing came of it, nothing bad, but because that happened last year at this house. So it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, those are really awesome and amazing encounters and stories. And we want to thank you for coming on and sharing those with us, Lisa. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I was, appreciate it. Those are good. Yeah. Definitely look into that though some more. Yeah, I'm. I, if I find somebody that I trust, that's like a, I don't know, maybe a medium or something. Um, right. I'll see if they'll take a visit and see what they, what they can find. I don't know. Maybe explain. Hey, this is what they're doing, so don't freak out. Or if they're bad, you know, hey, can you get rid of them? <laughs> you know, hey, send them on their way. Right. Something. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. And again, we thank you for sharing those stories with us. If anything else happens, reach out to us and let us know. Yeah, most yeah, definitely. Sure. All right. Stay safe. Yeah, Stay you safe. too. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, Lisa, thank you. I tell you, the paranormal thing kind of gave me some goosebumps. Man, they get me every time. I always get those those chills when they talk about them. And her, and her Bigfoot encounter is really cool. She was very close to that thing. Yeah, that was a good one too. She bet she couldn't get a picture, but I think, like we said, her getting hit with that infrasound supposedly kind of maybe just... I, yeah, I think that messed her up. up. Which, that's what it's for. If people want to get a hold of us, they can go to our new website. Yes. What is that address again? It is www.cryptedcreatures.net. So Check get on there if you've had an encounter. Uh, there's a, a thing on there to get a hold of us and tell us your encounter. And, uh, you know, check out the store and uh, maybe... Maybe be a member. Who else? We appreciate the listens, everyone. So thanks. We again. appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Definitely. Again. Thank you. All right, my friend. Let's wrap this up and get out of here. Right on. All right. Until next time. See ya. Bye.